And now, The Fine Print with attorney Jen Rout. Welcome to The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. I am Attorney Jen Rout, and with me, as always, is my incognizant sidekick, Ben Needenthal. I'm not sure what to make of that. That sounds like an insult to me. It might be. All right, I'll look it up. Google it. Yeah, I'll do that. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. There's two people sitting in here with us, and, and that's freaking me out a little bit, because usually we only have one. True. This is we, the most people we've had on the show at this at one time. I know, but this is my favorite team of financial planners, Eric and Brad. Please introduce yourself to everyone. Hello, Hi. my name is Brad Fisher, and I own Fisher Wealth Management, along with my wonderful sidekick, Eric, Eric. Biddle. Yeah, thank you for the kind introduction. We enjoy working with you as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. So financial advising, huh? Yes. Another topic that's going to scare the bejesus out of me because I'm not good at it. <laughs> well, that, that, that's actually one of my biggest um, pet peeves with our education system is, you know, people graduate high school or college and they have no idea about the financial world um, at all. They don't know how to plan for retirement. They don't know what kind of insurance they need. They don't know how much money to be saving. They don't know how to plan for a house, yep. build credit, all of those things. And frankly i have a lot of clients who will come to me and we're cleaning up a mess and i seriously feel like you're talking about me again oh, you <laughs> didn't want to say your name but <laughs> just this is in my head this is an advice show for me Incognizant, so, yeah. you said, right? Incognizant. right i need to look that up too yes, yes. so i thought it would be a great idea for all of our listeners to hear a little bit about what financial planners do how you can use them as a resource and all of that good stuff. There you go. Well, you're right on 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 target there because I sent or I posted something on Facebook on one of our local city sites, and I just uh, I addressed the the parents of high schoolers in the community, and I said we're thinking about teaching a class just to teens, you know, basically personal finance and investments, and it was like it blew up. People were it, they received it so well, I had so many likes and comments, and so. Yeah, we, we need to we need to educate people. So I'm excited to be here. Good. Well, tell us what do financial planners do? We don't really know what we do. <laughs> You're Ever? a financial planner, Eric. What do, what, what do you do? Lacking, I, lacking I knowledge know. or awareness. Aw, you figured it out. <laughs> Describe it to a teacher. Someday route. Someday. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's I, actually I, shockingly accurate. So I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, you're fine. I interrupt. That's my you. job on the show is to interrupt and say stupid things. So. Gotcha. You're, doing, you're doing a great job. At uh, thank you. Thank you. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, I, I think what financial planners do really is uh, we, of course, the, the, we give advice. Uh, we we help solve problems. You know, we uh, we give peace of mind. Uh, we, we help people find efficient ways to do things. Um, there, are, there are so many different ways you can save for, for college, let's say. Um, and, and so many of those ways are good ways, but they're not the best way for any one individual. Uh, so we help tailor solutions to people based on their income levels, based upon um, their goals, based upon their assets. Mm -hmm. Okay. So 
I would say that the, it, I would add to that that we, we project their future based on the decisions they're making today. Okay. And that's that's very eye-opening for a lot of people. Yeah. Because they think they're doing great, and then we show them if you just keep saving what you're saving or not saving, mm. <laughs> um, here's what it's going to look like when you get to retirement. And, yeah. And that can be a little bit, uh, a little bit scary. Yeah. And sometimes it's good, but usually it's like, you know, yeah. they're looking at it like wide-eyed. But Yeah. But it's, besides retirement, what else do you help people plan for? I mean, you said kids in college. What if they want, you know, you get them while they're young and mm-hmm. ultimately they want to own businesses mm-hmm. and real estate. Is that something you help with as far as the kind of planning process? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it just everybody's different. Everybody's got a different idea of what they want to do. And, and uh, there's no one one plan that fits a you know a single person. So. Um, you know, you take entrepreneurs and business owners, for example, and, and a lot of things that are important to them are not important to somebody who's just got a job and they're saving money in a 401k. Things like liquidity, you know, asset protection, um, you know, small business owners go up and down with their income a lot, so they need to have access to their money, you know. Um, whereas people who have a nice secure job, they can pack that money in the 401k and they don't care if they can't touch it till retirement. Yeah, and uh, what we what we like to tell people too is that we we build a plan that makes sense for them, and then uh, we start doing very terrible and devastating things to them. Mm-hmm. We we start killing them off at young ages. <laughs> we we disable them. Uh, we only it, on paper, folks. Just only right. on paper, right? <laughs> and it allows us to see, you know, where where are the weak links. Um, but yeah, we we help people to live with wisdom and intentionality. There's something about. Uh, having a plan that is so empowering to be able to tell your money where to go and to feel like uh, I'm, I'm living on a plan. Uh, we're going to reach our goals as a result. That's great. I mean, that's, it, that sounds like what I need in my life. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, what do you look at when let's say your average 30-year-old, mm-hmm. maybe newly married, thinking about kids. What do you look at to determine where they're at and where they want to go? We'll let Eric answer that one. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we're we going to ask all kinds of quantitative questions. You know, what is what is your income? Uh, what are your goals for, for college or for retirement? Um, what kind of assets do you have? right now um what kinds of insurance do you have right now uh so we ask all these kinds of questions as well as qualitative data we collect that as well we need to know what kinds of things do you value some people value being debt free and other people don't care um some people value wanting to eventually give a ton of money to their kids and other people just want to use up their money and if something's left over great um, so these are the kinds of things that we uncover. I think one of the most, uh, one of the key things that we play around with is this, the, the rate at which somebody is saving, because mm-hmm. that's, you know, a lot of people think, oh, as long as I'm putting enough money into my 401k, for example, and I'm getting my little match, you know, that the company makes, a lot of companies don't actually do that anymore today, but, um, you know, they think that they'll be fine. But when you project that out and you take into effect things like inflation, you know, it, it may not be enough. And so that's that's really a, a key factor is, you know, how much are you saving? Where are you saving it? What are the tax ramifications of where you're saving it? Um, what would it look like if you saved a little more over here? What would it look like if you saved more over here? How are you investing it? Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's people who are very risk averse, right? Some people don't like the stock market. 
Well, guess what? If you're 25 or 30 years old, you probably need to be in the stock market, even if it's scary. Hmm. <laughs> and if you don't understand about it, you know, if you don't understand investing, then work with a professional. Hmm. But uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, the the, the client uh, intake meeting where we where we gather data probably lasts an hour and a half, easily. Yeah, and I'm the only one in the room that enjoys that hour and a half. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get yeah. so geeked out. <laughs> I leave with a buzz, and everybody else <laughs> leaves with their <laughs> eyes looking terrible. <laughs> Can't be all that bad. Financial planners aren't scary. <laughs> I think people hear the word financial, and I think they immediately kind of go, oh, because I don't know. I mean, I, I sort of live in this perpetual fear that I'm not doing it right anyway. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of people are probably maybe in that I hope so god I hope not <laughs> um, but you know and, and I think that you know when you, you, there's somebody who who knows so much about it and, and knows what they're talking about mm -hmm. that talking to an expert can sometimes be intimidating yeah. Yeah, right. yeah yeah and I think that you know that being the case I think a lot of people it's sort of the same reason they you know avoid going to the doctor or yeah, something like exactly. that just to find out no oh, I don't want to hear the bad news you know yeah. and, mm -hmm. so, and yeah, so I think that that's probably some apprehension there. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. It can be intimidating, and and it is like going to the doctor or going to your pastor or going to any kind of professional. Um, and the thing is, all of the professionals that's what they deal with day in and day out, and they're. Um, Listen, every single one of us is screwed up. <laughs> We've all so, made terrible so, mistakes. So yep. <laughs> and the financial planner himself has made terrible mistakes. No. And so, no. you know, it, it it doesn't need to be intimidating um, when, you, when you're with somebody that, you know, you can trust and, and is humble and uh, can encourage you. And yeah. that's, that's the kind of environment a financial planner really needs to foster is one that's encouraging. Mm. Okay. All right. So if you're looking for a financial planner, what are those things that you should be looking for? Obviously, that's Obviously, one. your mm -hmm. phone number and website. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That'll be listed. Yes. So we don't have to mention that right. ourselves. Then, huh? um, but I mean, really, when someone's talking to a financial planner, because, you know, you guys are in Columbus, Ohio. Maybe someone in California is listening to this. They may not want to work with Ohio sure, because right. there's different laws there's oh, all yeah. sorts of different mm -hmm. issues and this show plays really big in Denmark too for some reason <laughs> no so no we haven't figured out why yet but um, yeah. <laughs> but what should they be asking to know if they're with the right financial planner it's a good question I think I think that they need to clarify how the the uh, planner gets paid um, there are a couple different ways in this industry that advisors can be paid um, the, the old tried and true method is, is based on commission. So advisors are hoping to sell, you know, a mutual fund or, or a stock or some sort of investment, or they're hoping to sell a life insurance policy or an annuity. And so the, the conversation very quickly gets geared to, here's a product you should buy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and, and not that that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, if, if you buy the investment and hang on to it, you're, you're doing yourself a, a good thing. You're buying, you're, you're investing. Um, but in, in recent years, there's been a shift from, from brokers to what are called registered investment advisors, which is that's what, what Fisher Wealth Management is. And, uh, and we're fee-based. So we charge you know, a, a fee based on the assets that we manage and, and we give advice and we charge for that advice you know, through uh, financial planning fees. Um, and so when we sell investments, for example, we don't get a commission from 
from the investments. We don't sell mutual mutual funds. We strive to keep low cost investments in our client portfolios, and that's a big shift. That that if you you know if you're close to the industry, you're you're seeing that happen quite a bit. A lot of new laws and compliance stuff always coming out. So it's uh, there's always been a lot of pressure on fees, but but it's good for the client. <laughs> Not so much for us, you know. We <laughs> can't charge as much as we could ten years ago, but that's okay. <laughs> right, because financial planners fall under. Who, who's bringing down your laws, basically? Depends on, on, again, how you're registered. But like in our case, the Ohio Division of Securities governs us. If we get to a big enough size, then we, then we fall into the SEC, which is big and scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and FINRA is another organization that we're, we're governed mm-hmm. by. So. Hmm. so much like attorneys have the bar, mm-hmm. yeah. which is really just other attorneys saying you can't do this. Yeah. You have a whole special group that's constantly watching what you do. Right, right, right. exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah, and we have to, you know, as, as a, here's just a quick quick distinction on, on brokers versus advisors or investment advisors. A broker has to sell an investment that's suitable to you, okay? So they ask a few questions, you know, what's, what's your income, what's your risk tolerance? And as long as they can say, yep, you've answered these questions appropriately, he's permitted to sell that investment to you. Investment advisors, on the other hand, have to act as a fiduciary. Which really what that means is we have to put ourselves in your shoes, sit on your side of the table, and ask the question, if we were in your exact same situation, would we do this? Right. Okay, and that's a higher level, that's a higher standard. And, uh, and I, you know, it's, it's, I think it's a good standard. It, it helps us give more objective advice and, and uh, you know, it's, right. uh, again, that's kind of where the industry's uh, going. If you look up uh, the Department of Labor, DOL, they just made a big, a big shift. Um, they made some new laws that, that kind of are forcing brokers even now to, to have a fiduciary standard so right it's always exciting always yeah. lots of changes going on <laughs> right because that fiduciary standard is what would a reasonably prudent person do mm-hmm. under the same circumstances mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. which is a legal standard that we put right on yeah. everybody else yeah there you go that's right <laughs> that that's how we roll <laughs> so all right yeah um yeah i i don't know that it's a question that you necessarily ask the planner but i think you need to in general, you need to like the people you're working with, <laughs> right. right? You're gonna you're gonna be speaking with your financial planner quite a bit throughout the year. So, do you click with them? Do you um, do you do you trust them? Do you trust that the the planner is first of all competent? Do you trust that, as Brad said, do they do they have your best interest in mind? And you know, if 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 you're dealing with somebody who does insurance only and they call themselves a financial planner. Well, guess what this financial planner is going to do? They're going to sell you insurance. Mm-hmm. And and that doesn't necessarily mean that they're steering you the wrong direction. It could end up being the best direction for you. Um, but, you know, it, it, ask the financial planner, does, does he do uh, life insurance? Does he do annuities? Does he also do investments? Does What kinds of investments do they do? Because the, 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 the company that is the most well-rounded, that does the most, in my opinion, can give the most objective advice because because they can make money whichever way you're moving, basically, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, I always like to say to my clients that you really want to build a team, mm-hmm. and that team should have yeah. your financial advisor, yeah. your attorney, and Completely your accountant. Agree. Exactly. And yeah. then your insurance guy yeah. for like property and casualty, anyways, yeah. because those four any one person yeah. could create a gap and yeah. wreck shop for what yeah. the other ones are Absolutely. doing. I totally agree. They need to, there needs to be a lot of collaboration there. Yeah. Right. So can you give us some sort of example of how 
an attorney or an accountant could mess up what you're trying to build for the long-term vision of the client? Setting something on fire, right? No? No. no? <laughs> okay. Well, we yeah. don't wreck shop. I mean. <laughs> right. Well, we're like doctors. If they commit malpractice, could kill you, literally. Financial <laughs> planners, accountants, and attorneys can kill your financial life. Right. Mm. Right. Um, so when I say wreck shop, we may not have your literal life in our hands, but But, yeah, we we can make your life much, much worse (laughs) if we mess this up. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so important to build a team and have people you trust who are good and have your best interest at heart. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was telling them earlier that I had a client who wanted to keep everything separate. He said, I have three different financial planners. I have stuff at not knocking these companies, just Fidelity, Vanguard, and then my guy. Yeah. I'm like, does your guy know about these two things? Well, no. Okay. And then he had two different accountants, one doing bookkeeping, one doing taxes. Seems and then he didn't want to. complicated. Right. Then he <laughs> didn't want to tell me everything he had, but we were doing a prenuptial agreement. So everything <laughs> has to be disclosed, if not. The agreement is void. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, oops. <laughs> kind of defeats the whole purpose. Right. So, like, he wanted to keep everything separate. But by doing that, he's probably costing himself a lot of money, one, mm-hmm. um, because you're paying people to look at multiple things instead of having one straightforward plan. But, two, when I looked over some of his taxes and everything, it was a mess because... Mm no one knew what was going on and there were all sorts of things missing like you really may want to get all these people together and streamline this and he finally got on board and it saved him thousands of dollars and increased Hmm. his investments Hmm. and all of that but i mean yeah you know all of these people were acting in contradiction Mm -hmm. and he was asking me to draft a document that really could have destroyed a lot of things yeah Yeah. Yeah. so i mean do you guys run into this sort of thing yeah all the time and in fact we we have several clients where we actually spend more time on the phone with their attorneys and and tax Mm -hmm. people than we do with the client that's true you know i mean clients who really have worked with us a long time they just trust us and they just know that we're you know we're always working on something in the background and um but to answer your question you you know yeah if if there are updates in, in a trust if somebody one of my pet peeves is when people get a trust and then the attorney forgets to tell them what they need to do to get assets in the trust. Uh-huh. And so, you know, because you can title brokerage accounts and checking accounts and cars and all these things. Oh, yeah. and, and they just expect the client to know how to do that. Yeah. And they don't know how to do that. And it's mm-hmm. overwhelming. And, and so they may never do it. And so they've got this beautiful trust document sitting in their safe and nothing's in it. Right. <laughs> so yeah. uh, see, I actually had a client. I'm doing the probate estate, but she bought a trust online. Oh, Yes. Uh, <laughs> she tried hard yeah. bless her heart um, but n- over a million dollars worth of assets nothing in the trust uh-huh. the life insurance policy yep. that most of that went to her sister instead of to the benefit of her now two adult children oh, wow. which they're 20 so it was supposed to go into trust and right. yeah. all of that nope and now the sister not giving up the life insurance oh, no. oh wow so guess who's getting paid much more now than (laughs) would have been had we just done it right the first time because we still had to go to probate because nothing was in 
Uh, the trust Ben loves the probate discussion. <laughs> yeah. Loves it. Dirty word. <laughs> um, and none of her, nothing made sense because she didn't just yeah. have a team. Yeah, yeah. And she didn't have a lot of assets. I mean, this yeah. was the average single mom with a house, some retirement, and some life insurance. Yep. Yeah. And instead of this being a straightforward process, it is drug on for almost a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And it should have just been streamlined. Yep, exactly. Yeah. yeah, the other the other kind of communication, we really like to have open channels, too, with the client's CPA. Uh, mm-hmm. Because CPAs and financial advisors, we need to work together because a CPA is primarily concerned about how do I save you money on taxes this year? And maybe next year, maybe the year after that, right? Mm-hmm. With a financial advisor is looking at how can we create a financial plan that is going to be efficient for the long term so that 30 years down the road or 40 years down the road you are you have planned tax efficiently and and so sometimes our advice can contradict so it's really wise for us to be in communication with the accountant to make sure that uh, that we're, we're giving good holistic advice mm. you know, what are they trying to accomplish this year that we can help them with mm. gotcha yep. all right what would be the advice you'd want to give to the younger generation, those graduating high school, as we're in that graduation time, really? They're coming out of high school. Many are headed off to college. It's a big change of life event. Yep. Mm-hmm. Start with getting a credit card, <laughs> maxing that month. Biggest, get the biggest Just, house you can afford. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Spend everything as though there is no tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I and the reason I'm asking this is I'm finding that millennials, especially, they've never known certainty mm-hmm. in our economy. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're buying houses later mm-hmm. because they don't want to commit to the mortgage because they lived through right. 2008 mm-hmm. and 2009 yeah. when yep. everything crashed. Yep. And a lot of them, they saw their parents lose houses. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. And foreclosure crisis. Yep. They've seen, you know, was it the Great Depression? No. But they saw stock market crash yep. that, you know, because of how our news covers things mm-hmm. was brought into a terrifying oh, level. Right. Absolutely. So they don't have this certainty and yep. therefore they don't have trust mm-hmm. and there's a lot of confusion. Right. What do you tell those type of people? Good question. Yeah. You know, I, I think the first thing you, you tell them is, and they've probably heard it 20 times already, but as early as you can, just start saving. Put something away. I mean, you know, w- when we graduate college and, and all of a sudden we, we have a salary, maybe, hopefully we have a salary, um, we, we're, we're, we just, we, we blow it and, and we're, not, we're not thinking about 45 years down the road when we're going to retire at that point. But, you know, with, with compound interest, you put something in the stock market and, and it, it, it grows, grows, grows. Get that money working for you now because you can put a lot less in every year at that age and it's going to help significantly more than if you put a ton in later on when you're 50 years old. Um, so save something, especially if you have a, a 401k where your your company is willing to match. At least get the match. That is, mm-hmm. if you put 3% in and they match 3%, that is a 100% growth 
on your investment on day one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's free money. It's free exactly. Money. Yeah. 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 And I would I would add, don't let the you know the hype of the media and the you know the the terrifying you know gloom and doom of of the future stop you from saving money in the stock market because if 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 you live in fear of that and therefore don't save, then well if the if if we do have doomsday, you don't have any money anyway. So right. <laughs> you know. I mean, it's, it's, you know, and, and, you know, money, the media just is really, it's a very frustrating uh, time that we live in because, you know, it's just so fear driven and anything they can to get shock value and, you know, but, you know, just, just look at history and, and there's there's so many measures in place now that are going to, you know, help us avoid things like the great depression and bread lines and all those types of things. And, and again, if you really put yourself in that situation where we get to that point, everything else is going to be really bad too so you know just don't live in fear just, yeah just we'll all be in it together yes so. that's right exactly <laughs> yep. Yep. so what would you say to somebody who thinks like well, i can't afford a financial advisor mm-hmm. that's a good question we uh you know there's there's plenty of ways that you can get into saving and, and investing with, even without the help of a, of a financial advisor and I think that's okay to a point, um, but but there will come a time where if you are saving and you're doing well, you're going to have a larger chunk of money, and it becomes a little bit more of a burden for you to begin making decisions on a larger chunk of money, especially if you've got a family now that you've got to take care of and you've got retirement. You know, you, you need at some point to probably bring in professionals. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know every financial planner that I know meets with individuals for a free consultation. Mm-hmm. You know, go out for coffee. Just just have a conversation about it. Um, nobody nobody's going to turn you down. We we actually we we kind of redefined the word wealthy, um, and and we we use the uh, the the definition um, living within your means and beyond yourself. That's that's how you that's how you be that's how you're wealthy. Mm. If you can live within your means, which then allows you to live beyond yourself. And what we mean by that is you can give money away. You're you're able to help people out because you're not desperate. You know living paycheck to paycheck or whatever. Um, if you have that mindset, mm. we want to work with you because yeah. you're going in the right direction. You're going to have money to save. And, and, and even if you're not doing it today, if you agree with the definition, we can help get you on the, on the right track. So, right. Very nice. Yeah, good That's answer. important. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, um, thank you guys for coming. Yeah, in. yeah. Of course. Yeah, good, thank you for having good us. Good intro to what financial planners do. Thank you for um, not bringing us in on the probate one. That sounds really boring. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not fun. We, we all know it. That's why we want to avoid it. That's right. <laughs> Hence, you plan well That's and right. talk right. to financial advisors and don't and attorneys. die. Right. And don't die. So. Um, I'm looking forward to Ben's lawyer joke of the week. But first, let's do some housekeeping. If you would like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook. That's our primary landing page where you can comment, get news, suggest topics for future episodes, or really share whatever you'd like. If you are already following us, thank you. We love you. You can also follow Boxland Media on Facebook as well. We do lots of things up to and including putting out the fine print with Attorney Jen Route every week. And if you're a Twitter user, I am at the Almighty Ben on Twitter. Jen is definitely not on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Are you guys on Twitter? We are on we Twitter. Are on okay. Twitter. Ooh, Go ahead. Yeah. I'm uh, Fisher Wealth. Just all one word. All right. Put together. Okay. Right. I couldn't tell you. I don't even remember. That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> you still have the egg as your icon, right? <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, if you are new to the show, welcome. We hope you come back. And if you like the show, we really appreciate it. If you could take a few minutes out of your busy day, head on over to iTunes, rate and review us. It helps us out with our visibility on the world's largest podcast repository. And finally, we would like to thank all of our listeners. It is because of you that our podcast even exists. If you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button. And remember, sharing is caring. Jen, would you like to hear the lawyer joke of the week? Absolutely. All right. Uh, well, let's see. I'm going to do this one this week. Oh. Hang on. <laughs> oh, see? He said he was all <laughs> no, ready no, with no, it. I, I made a game time decision here. Uh... <laughs> Man, he will probably edit some of this out because silly Ben. No, you know what? I'm going to leave it all in. <laughs> just, to, just so people hear you cajoling me. So. <laughs> oh, you are so abused. What is the difference between an accountant and a lawyer? I don't know. Accountants know they're boring. Oh. <laughs> oh. <Nice>. Yep, accurate. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, uh, until next week, I'm Ben Needenthal. And I'm Jen Rout, uh, explaining again, ignorance of the law excuses no man from following it. All right, folks. We'll see you next time. This program is meant to be informative in nature and does not constitute actual legal advice or form an attorney-client relationship in any way. Views and opinions stated in this program are solely the views and opinions of the speaker. Each situation is different. Always consult an attorney in your state to analyze your specific legal needs. This program may change your views of attorneys in general, as they are not what they seem on TV. I mean, seriously, could the main character in Suits actually exist in real life? Boxland Media. Think big.